kind of cool. I was wondering the same thing. It's me, Chris T, here on Aerial View on the HoundNYC.com. Back for another Friday Night Live phone-in talk radio. This show airs every Friday night at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Replays Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And then it becomes a podcast available wherever you get podcasts. Available on uh, Spotify and YouTube and Apple Podcasts and Google Play, all those places. But right now it's live, and that means you can call into the show and we can interact. 760-422-5528. 760-I-CALL-AV. And on tonight's program, all about vacation. Headed out on vacation any day now, which is weird for me because I'm currently like sporadically employed, currently freelancing. I don't have the Monday through Friday grind that I used to for many, many years and gotten into a different kind of rhythm when it comes to uh, working. Um, in some ways, it's... It's just different, and in other ways, it's better. That's the best way I can put it. Again, the number here is uh, 760-422-5528, but we have a vacation planned. We're going out on vacation. I like going on vacation, but now I'm thinking, like, this isn't the same safety valve, pressure valve, whatever kind of valve you want to call it that it used to be, the idea of getting the hell away for a week, changing your scenery, changing your pace, changing your access to screens. Maybe you unplug, maybe you go with a book. I would like to know about the last vacation you took, where it was, what you did, who you went with, how much you actually, quote unquote, relaxed. That's always my big struggle. Went on vacation because I feel like I should be, you know, maybe we're missing out on something. Maybe we should uh, go do something. But no, really, all I want to do is lay around the pool and try to get some color on my legs, which are like as white as a piece of loose leaf paper. They're horrifyingly, blindingly white. So when I wear shorts... Uh, which, you know, I've taken to doing more of lately because it's it's been hot. Wear some shorts, especially around the house. I don't know if I ever really wore shorts to work when I was going in and out of the city every day. I didn't feel, I didn't feel like, this is going to sound odd, but like I, I really didn't want to ride public transportation in shorts for some reason. There's just something about wearing shorts on public transportation and just wearing shorts at work oh sure some people got away with it well I had co-worker I had a co-worker that's that's all he ever wore was shorts but it wasn't really my thing man but now that I'm wearing more shorts I want to try to get some sun some color on my legs 
you know, either that or it's going to, I'm going to have to start using a bronzer because I'm frankly, I'm horrified. Go out and see my white legs. My other plan during vacation is a friend of mine, dear friend from way back, gave me this book called House of Leaves. And um, it's a pretty thick book. And as of yet, I haven't had time to really delve into it to really see what this is all about. There's a whole online community about this book. There's all these people in these Facebook groups and I guess Reddit on Reddit and elsewhere talking about this book and, and delving into this book. I, I, I have a vague idea of what it's about. I don't really know, so I'm not going to say. But uh, it's rare when someone, anyone, sends me a book, says, try this out. Um, I, I've been given books. Another friend of mine handed me a book. And uh, I'm ashamed to say it sat on a shelf for months until I saw him again and I gave it back and I never read it. I'm ashamed to say. I think... Um, I think it's tough because when you give someone a book, you know, the it's implied that you want them to read the book. And maybe you even want them to discuss the book with you. And now to me, you've just handed me two chores, see? And, uh, and maybe that's the wrong thing to call them. I mean, it does label them chores. It sounds uh, severe now that I say it, now that I hear myself say it. It sounds so severe. How do I take it back? I can't really take it back. I don't like that kind of talk. Now just stop it. It upsets me. Uh, but, you know, I, I do want to read this book, and I do want to spend time on vacation uh, away from screens, you know? Um... I'm having an internal debate. Like, I know I have to bring my laptop. I may have to do some freelance-type work while I'm up while I'm up on vacation. And, um... But then there's the iPad Mini and the phone. Now, I gotta bring the phone because we're gonna use the phone to navigate, right? And stay in touch with our friends who are upstate. And, uh... But then, like, the iPad Mini, really, why would I bring that? That's just one more screen, right? So right now, there's a whole internal debate. Uh, the place where we're staying, it didn't really have a TV last time. If we wanted to watch something, we watched on the laptop. But we didn't really watch anything, or, or we went over to a friend's house, and that was fine. But we tried to, to not watch stuff and tried to spend our time doing stuff instead. And worked out pretty well, but there's a TV now, so that's another screen. And honestly, I would be happy just to lounge by the pool, browning myself, and try to read this book. I mean, I, I may just have a real low-key, pull-it-all-back vacation, and then may, maybe try to do some writing as well. You know, I always say there's going to be time to write. Who knows how much time any of us have? None of us know. Nobody is guaranteed... A future. Tomorrow. Isn't that from a Tom Jones song? Dear God, I swear to God, I think I just quoted Tom Jones. Or whoever wrote the song for Tom Jones. This is Aerial View. 
on thehoundnyc.com every Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, live. Phone number into the studio is 760-422-5528. I say studio, it's actually an office in my house. Uh, There is an upside-down update, in case you were wondering. There was going to be an upside-down update, and yes, I watched the entirety of uh, Stranger Things. The new season, season three, apparently there is going to be a season four. And I was taken back to 1985, although 1985, I mean, it had, uh, you know, punk rock still. It had, like, hardcore music. I wonder if they're going to get any of that, the Duffer Brothers, into this thing. It's not really, like, which one of these kids is going to start a punk band a few years too late, really? I, I shouldn't say that either. This is going to be the show where I take back everything I say. But you know what I mean. You had your first wave of punk and your second wave of punk and third, fourth, fifth. I don't know what wave we're at now. I have no idea. Uh, but uh, it's it's a fun show. It's a fun watch if you haven't seen it. The monster is really disgusting. But I went through it pretty quickly. So now I don't have to worry about it. Like, while I'm on vacation, I'm not going to be like, ugh. Can't wait back to, can't wait to get back and see what happens on Stranger Things. I don't think so. Vacation. But before I get into more vacation talk, let's just do a quick upside down update. What do you say? Just to see what's going on in the world that convinces me that things are truly fucked. And. I almost said effed, but you know, sometimes you got to use the actual word. The Upside Down update, in case you're wondering. I mean, obviously, that's a Stranger Things reference, right? Upside Down, we're living in the Upside Down, but to me, it's things that that, uh, just prove how Upside Down things are. Things are all Upside Down. Topsy-turvy. Black is white. Up is down. In is out. You see what I'm saying. Um, so, you know, I have to sigh before I say any of this stuff because I look around sometimes I think, okay, what, where's, where's the stuff to feel upbeat about? Uh, I'm not going to say optimistic or hopeful, just even upbeat about. And it just gets tougher and tougher. You see stuff, you see the news and you think, you know, the creeps are really winning, it seems like to me. Just the the worst people are running things and getting away with things. I mean, maybe not anymore. Maybe not if this Epstein guy looks like he uh, he may face some form of justice. Who knows? That could be something. The FTC, Federal Trade Commission, has just approved a $5 billion fine of Facebook, by the way. that's I, I feel good about that. I could feel a little good about that. It'll be a drop in the bucket for them. It'll be like a day, day's worth of income or something. But uh, they're being fined 
for what they've done with people's information. Uh, the 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 last biggest fine in size doesn't even come anywhere near it. In 2012, the FTC fined Google 22 million dollars. This is five billion dollars. So now, uh, what this means really is that the the FTC and, and other Washington officials they are. Uh, unconvinced that Silicon Valley is doing anything to protect my information and your information and everybody's information. And they're not happy about the way that they're collecting information and storing it and using it and selling it and monetizing it. That's what this $5 billion fine is about. You said you were going to do this. You didn't really do this. We keep catching you doing that. Stop doing that. But yet the <laughs> the share price of Facebook actually went up. I uh, what? Uh, other things. Let me see if there's anything else here. R. Kelly may be facing justice finally. He's been arrested. I actually interviewed R. Kelly some years ago, and boy, would I like to find that tape. May have it somewhere. I gotta see if I can find that shit. If you think that was a weird moment in my broadcast career, you'd be right. The number here is 760-I-CALL-AV. 760-422-5528. I am Chris T. Here until 7 p.m. this evening. And uh, the show will replay on Tuesday at 6 p.m., and then it becomes a podcast. Don't forget, on Sunday, there's a new Hound Howl. The Hound live on the radio every Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Incredibly rare records that you're not going to hear elsewhere. And then uh, Mark and Miriam with the doo-wop chop shop of the air crashing the party. I said crashing the party. That's the Sunday lineup, and then replays of uh, vintage hound shows and oh, so much more. So, uh, we're still with the upside down update here. And I mentioned a couple of predators, in this case, sexual predators here. Um, let's see if there's any other predators in the news. Well, there's a tropical storm that's going to become a hurricane that's going to hit Louisiana. I don't know if that's uh, predation. Perhaps it is. By nature. Nature. Preying on us. Uh, nature's not happy with us. Uh, the other <coughs> upside down update news that stood out to me this week was that a glacier apparently the size of Florida is set to fall into the sea. And so uh, that can't be good. You look at that and go, oh, that can't be good. How could that be good? Um, Jerry Lawson, the lead singer of The Persuasions, is dead. I don't know why I felt the need to, uh, to mention that, but there you go. The number here is 760-422-5528, 760-I-CALL-AV. 
and uh, would love to hear from you about your last vacation. I'm headed out on vacation, and um, there won't be a new aerial view, speaking of which, next Friday. I'm going to run a, a replay because I really don't feel like doing anything much. You understand, of course, while I'm on vacation. Although, as I said earlier, vacation has a different meaning now for me. It's not the same meaning as when uh, I was about to blow a gasket every day. I would come home with steam pouring out of my ears. Be like, I don't have that now. Uh, and that's good. That's upbeat. That's good. But, you know, uh, speaking of Facebook, I was just on Facebook. I saw this update that a friend of mine put up there. And I had known this, but he went back and he got training. Um, he, he used to do first aid back in the 1980s. And he went back and he got his training to become an EMT and to actually help people. And I thought, well, what am I doing to help anybody? Am I helping people? <laughs> Who am I helping? <laughs> How am I being of service? You know, I I don't know if it's it would be my thing. I mean, we live around the corner from a volunteer ambulance corps, and I thought, you know, should I go over there, volunteer my service? What could I do? What could I do over there for these people? Hey, let me be the dispatcher. How's that? I'll sit there on the microphone. <laughs> Send the rig out all over the place. I know how to talk on a microphone. I do it all the time. Don't dis this dispatcher is what I like to say. But, you know, uh, that's it's it's not necessary for me to go get involved in that. It's necessary for me though to think about doing something for somebody. I mean, besides the ones I love. You know, you do things for those folks cuz you love them. But being of service elsewise, you know, to the community, whatever that means to you. However big that community might be. And, and, you know, then there's a follow-up question to that. There's not only how am, I, how am I being of service, how am I making a difference? Am I making a difference? Could I make a difference? What's the best way? I like to give money to candidates that I support. It's an incredibly easy, some would say lazy way to be active uh, politically, I mean. And I would tend to agree with that. That's probably correct. I have gone and canvassed, however, for candidates, gone door to door, knocked on doors, asked people to vote for someone that I supported. So uh, that was a bit more active, but I, I would like to do still more. Oh, I actually have done the phone bank thing, too. Called people for candidates that I support. You know, we, we, we've got an important election coming up, and I keep thinking, okay... Beyond these things, is there anything else? I mean, phone banking and canvassing and giving money. What else? And then I got this idea like I would write a speech. I'm going to write a speech. Wait a minute. It was an idea. I'm going to write a speech. That's what I ought to do. Write a speech on spec. I'm going to write a spec speech. That's what I'm going to do. And then I'm going to send it to all the candidates and say, here's a speech that I would love to hear one of you give. I don't care who it is. 
I mean, they'll all just throw it in the trash, but you know, if I write it, I could read it here on Aerial View. could make something out of it. Get something to squeeze that lemon and get some lemonade, at least. Um, it's hard to, I think, in this day and age, when you look around at what's going on, except for, uh, you know, these examples, and you got to dig, you got to really dig to find them. Of things where you go, oh, okay, maybe not everything is shit. Maybe not everything is bought and paid for. Maybe not everything is a case of uh, who's got the deepest pockets and can pay the most bribes and the most fines. And and then you look at other things and you just think, this is completely, completely wrong. How do we write it? What do we do to write it? I, I mean, to me, I, I, I know what has to be done. I have a fairly good idea. And and we, we need to uh, elect some people who will change things, who will make things better through structural changes. And uh, if that's uh, dealing with runaway capitalism, if it's, if it's taking care of people's health, if it's... Uh, Providing an actual job that supports people. uh, And when I say job, I mean singular, like one job to support you. Not several that have no benefits whatsoever. I was reading an article about health care. And about what may happen to Obamacare. There's a case right now making its way through the courts. And you know what's been going on with the federal judiciary You know, that's why those lying pieces of garbage in the GOP love the president as much as they do because they're they're putting a lock on the federal judiciary. They're essentially solidifying their political power through any means necessary. They are uh, winning these gerrymandering cases. They're, like I said, locking down federal judges. And uh, they are going to hold on to power. Uh, I mean, currently, they have most of the power in Washington, D.C. You, you might be aware of that. You might know that. You might not. But um, the, uh, the thing is, something has to change. The, the, we have to... We have to f- fight this somehow. We got to break this fever. We got to loosen this grip. You choose your metaphor, whatever it is. I don't care. Uh, and and uh, you know, while I talked to truck drivers for over a dozen years, which I I did for a living every day, for three hours, not every day, Monday through Friday, I should say, for three hours, uh, and getting an early clue to a new direction. As that line from A Hard Day's Night goes. And uh, thinking to myself, well... You know, what do I say to these people? I mean, what do I say to these people? Because I I always thought of myself as like a blue-collar person. I always thought of myself as working class. Growing up working class. My dad was a mechanic. My mother... Didn't have to work until after the divorce. Was a housewife. 
And I'm talking to all these blue-collar people. I'm talking to all these working-class people every day, and I don't know what to say to them. I wish I... I mean, all I could be is myself, and I tried to be myself. I, I, I don't think it's possible to be... When you're doing that for a living, different than you actually are on the air. It's too much to remember. It's not going to work, in my estimation. So I would be myself, and I, you know, and I would think. And when the when we started the when we started to get early whiffs of what was going on with the presidency of Donald Trump, I thought, oh my God, this is like if truckers built a president. This is what they would come up with, right? There were a lot of truckers because because truck driving was going through this upheaval. It still is in a way. I mean, they there's so much crap that needs to be moved on trucks now. You know, there's e-commerce that's going on uh, everywhere now. Um, and by everywhere, I mean Amazon, let's face it, <laughs> you know, on the eve of Prime Day, right? But uh, so a lot more trucks on the road, a lot more stuff that has to be delivered. And they can't put asses in the seats fast enough. They just don't. There's just not enough people going into truck driving. Um, the people who are going into truck driving are, are like uh, re- recent immigrants. They're um, Sikhs. A lot of Sikhs are going into truck driving. Uh, people from uh, the LGBTQ community. Uh just, uh, you know, trucking's going through this upheaval. But when, when we were talking, when I was talking with truck drivers, there were still a lot of them who were uh, old line dudes. You know, the grandfather had driven, father drove, they're driving, they, their son is going to start driving. So it was all dudes. Um, and uh, they were kind of old school in that they, they, did, let's, they weren't woke. I don't know how else to put it. They weren't what you would call woke. And you would have these conversations with them, and you would, I would, I would always be like, "Do you really?" In my mind, I'd be thinking, "Do you really believe that? Can you possibly really believe that? You can't really believe that, can you?" And uh, it would turn out that they could, they could really believe that. They did really believe that. They, they, they had listened to these news sources all day. They listened to Fox News, and they had listened to Breitbart, and they had listened to. All of these news sources and these um, Twitter trolls and these Facebook frauds. You know, the people the president invited to the White House yesterday. Is that when he had that social media gathering of all the scum who uh, spread conspiracy theories and, and essentially support his criminal presidency with their bullshit? And... um it was sad to me. It was sad to me because I've always divided. I, I don't, I don't, ha, I don't uh, really have a lot of use for identity politics because I tend to see things through the lens of class and economics. And to me, it's all about how much are they going to pay you to do what you're doing, and are you going to be able to have a decent life? And what leverage do any of us have? To do those things, to earn a decent living, have a decent life. Uh, that's to me what it's always come down to. And um, 
I, I used to dream about being in a union. When I first realized what unions were, I was like, man, I'd love to, I'd like to be in a union. That's got to be pretty cool, right? Being a union, your union brothers and sisters, and have some solidarity and have some leverage to get what you want, what you need. And, uh, you know, I watched union membership decline for decades and decades. So I remember, like in the 80s, reading articles about the UAW all the time. And now unions, people, uh, the number of employees in unions is just pitiful. Some pitiful percentage. 11%, something like that. I'd actually be amazed if it was 11%. But I'm not going to sit here and look it up. While I'm doing this here show. This show is Aerial View. You're listening to TheHoundNYC.com. The uh, live line into the studio is 760-422-5528. 760-I-CALL-AV. We're talking kind of about vacation. I'm going to get into the vacation in a bit. Uh, Someone's call went into voicemail. So let me see if I can call them back. By doing this. Here we go. Calling. I think I know who this is. Hello. Hey. Phil, is that you? Yeah. It's me, Christy. I'm calling you back. <laughs> Live on the air. Turn down the radio. The old the old routine of turning down the radio. You have to do that even on the internet. Apparently. You have to, can you turn down your internet? <laughs> that sounds down the hole. really stupid. Turn Did down your internet, down? please. Please turn yeah, down your like, Turn down the whole internet for everybody. What was it that I said that made you want to dial the phone, Phil? I'm, I'm curious. Oh, you know what? When you talk about political stuff and, and jobs and all that stuff, I'm very interested. But I usually have nothing to contribute. But when you say vacation, I'm like, I like vacations. You know, that's what got me to call. Well, let's uh, talk about it because we're halfway through the program. Uh, so I probably should get into the meat of the matter here. But what was the last vacation you took? Where'd you go? What'd you do? Who were you with? Did you disconnect? Um, my last trip was back to New Jersey to visit family. But I don't consider that a vacation. Didn't you um, tell me there was like a funeral involved? That's usually not a vacation. No. no what was it? No, it was a gr- high school graduation. Oh, dear God. How did I confuse that with a funeral? I, was... <laughs> I don't know. I don't maybe know either. Maybe it's... a therapist has something to say about <laughs> yes, that. Yes, I know. Well, that's what did you get the graduate? What did I get him? $100. Did you just hand it to him like my brother used to do when Christmas would roll around? He'd thrust like dollar bills at me like I was a stripper. Here. No, it was, it was one bill. One bill and a card. Nice card. Ooh. Yeah, Who's on that hundred? Who's on the hundred? Quick. Oh, sh- uh, uh, ben Franklin? Yes, that's correct. Ben Franklin. On the oh, one hundred bill. Yes. Whew. Whew. Got that one. I'm you know, be embarrassed for a second there because you're so you're so educated. You know, I, I, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Well, uh, you are. Yeah, you're very knowledgeable. Thank you. you. Read a lot. You're you're in touch. Uh, hmm. Thanks for saying that, Phil. I appreciate it. Well, that. you you know more than av- more than the average person, obviously. That should be obvious to you. Well, I know I knew enough to be able to be a talk show host for twelve years. 
professionally, but yeah. you know, then again, I was talking to truck drivers, like I said. So, you know, uh, a lot of them were, uh, you know, guys who got a GED or a high school diploma. There were some people who had gone to college and, you know, then they decided they'd rather drive a truck, that kind of thing. But, right. You well, know, there I was. Mean, I know you, I know you had respect for them, but you, you, was it very frustrating? I mean, I think you're talking about how frustrating it was to hear their beliefs and the things they listened to. And all it that. was frustrating um, after Donald Trump got elected, because before that, oh. like, you know, you probably have experienced a lot of people um, felt embarrassed to sh- share certain things out loud. But he gave them all permission to be their absolute worst selves. You know, he he is such a, a vulgarian Remember Spy Magazine? They called him a short-fingered vulgarian. He is such a vulgarian that everybody else was like, eh, you know, I'm going to, what the hell? Why not? I'll just say whatever I think I'm thinking, and then I'll follow it up by saying I'm just telling it like it is. That's why I knew truck drivers would love him, because they would they would say all these things that were utter nonsense, and then they would say, just telling it like it is, as if that meant that, you know, this is this is real, what I just told you. What I just told you is the truth, and you better understand that it's the truth. And I'll always be like, no, you're not just telling it like it is, and who asked you to just tell it like it is anyway? Maybe keep those thoughts to yourself. <laughs> you know. Well, are, and, you, are these things that they would say on your talk show? Yeah, you know, listen, we had a call screener, right? And and I I always felt weird about having a call screener because I did a talk show for many years without a call screener and just putting people on the air. And if they were stupid, I would just hang up on them quickly and it was fine. You know, and then it was decided we needed a call screener and then, and then we added a layer, you know, between us and them. But th- these people would, they, they would always be calm, cool, and collected when they were talking to the call screener and they would get on... And then they would start ranting and raving about some stupid thing, you know. Like, and by stupid thing, I mean I, I mean usually like a racist thing or an anti-Semitic yeah. thing or a, you know, just a, 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 a gay bashing thing or a homophobic thing or just something would come out of them. And I always knew what was going on. They were testing me. They wanted to know, like, if if. Uh, if I agreed with any of that, and it, I would always be like, you know, no. I, I mean, I know. I don't. I don't agree with that stuff. I don't. I, I. I. I disagree. And then, you know, like I said, it got worse after 2016. After the election, it got worse. And I. I'm firmly convinced it led to the loss of my job. You know, I. I. I could draw you a pretty good diagram, Phil, if we ever sit down and have that beer of uh, exactly what I mean and how that happened. And it's not a conspiracy theory, like you know the people that the president invited to the White House yesterday. <laughs> Did it occur to you at any point to completely change the show or say, I, I want to stop the show and start a new one with a whole different theme? Oh, I tried many different ways and many different yeah. times to get something else going on. But, you know, they they right. saw the show that we did as a cash cow. Uh, you know, we had sponsors. It made, it made money until the election, you know, when a couple of sponsors decided they didn't want to be part of the program. And that was part of the – that was part of the thing that led to – the demise of the show and the end of my job is that these sponsors pulled out. And if you remember what happened to, yeah. with Bill O'Reilly, for instance, on Fox, it wasn't that Fox pulled out their support. It's that these sponsors decided not to 
sponsor the program. And so Fox was like, well, we're not making the same money with this show anymore, so screw it. And, right. you know, in the media world, uh, that's what goes on. People start se- seeing that we can't make the same money or not even the same money, more money. Because every year they would increase the amount that they wanted the ad guy to go out and get. You got to get more. Right. They would double it on him. <laughs> you know, you have to right. get, you have to bring in double what you brought last year. And he right. looked around this guy and he said, well, there's this show and I can't sell ads to these two large trucking fleets because they're run by these conservatives who apparently are, you know, either Christians or evangelical Christians. And they think <laughs> they think that show that's on at 11 a.m. is hosted by the by two devils, by a couple of devils. Here's another question, another idea. Did it occur to you at any point to take on a character that would go along with them? No, I mean, no. no. What do you, you mean to become like Archie Bunker on the air? What are you talking about? Yeah. Oh my God, like, no, uh, that never occurred Stephen, to me. Thank goodness. Stephen, what? Like Stephen Colbert, right? Yeah. Oh no, no, no. Ste- have- yeah. Listen, that was brilliant what he did, but I wasn't about to, to do that. That's that's did that he, was you know his shtick. Let I him never do that. Did he, did he use his actual name on the show? Yeah, he was Stephen Colbert. But on the was, Colbert, but he, char- but he was being a character that was in himself. Interesting. Yeah, he was being a heightened version of himself. You know, he, <laughs> I guess you would say, you know, coming from he came from the improv world, so it was like a heightened version or his take on a Fox News personality, for instance. And it was a very funny show. I'm sorry you didn't see it. Did you ever hear? Um... Boy, I'm getting interviewed tonight. I'm just going to settle back. No, it's good stuff. Uh-huh. Phil Hendry. You know Phil Hendry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I, I yeah. listened to him. I heard of him. I know who that is. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. I mean, what, what if you... Do you think you would have had the ability to just say, you know, Chris is not here tonight, but this guy is taking his place? No. It, 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 no, it, it wouldn't you have worked that way. No, it's... Listen, trucking radio is a very different animal than you know, anything you've ever heard or listened to. And the people who listen to that, it's almost like the way country music fans and country music performers are very, there's a very close connection there, you know. And the people who listen to trucking radio, you provide a lot of companionship for them on the road. You know, long hours over the road, you're like, you become, it's not a cliche to say it, like family to them. And uh, they, that would be a betrayal. You know, to, to go and do a character or otherwise, you know, I don't know. It would almost seem like mockery to me, and I didn't want to mock those people. That's for damn right. sure. I mean, I had a lot of empathy for those people, and I always, uh, it would always break my heart that uh, in a lot of ways they didn't know, as the expression goes, they didn't know on which side their bread was buttered. And... They didn't. They they uh, they saw things through this other lens of identity and of uh, you know wh- whatever that might mean to them, and of uh, what do they call those things? Social issues, you know, whether it's gun control or abortion or any of those things. Right. And I always saw things through uh, the pocketbook issues, the 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 things having to do with who's paying me, how much are they paying me, what kind of life am I going to be able to have with what I can earn and how do I keep myself from being crushed beneath the wheels of this horrifying system 
that we're all part of. So, so did you did you begin the show or did you fill a spot that they needed filled? Uh, well, no, we uh, we launched the show in March of 2006. It was our show. We started the show. We finished the show. It was it was a whole thing, so you, Phil. What does this have to do with your vacation in New Jersey, by the way? I'm getting to it. Be okay. Patient. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. I'm not nothing. Nothing. But did, well, hey. Go ahead. The way the show goes, you know, it's a conversation. Sure. Did you? I mean, did you, was it your idea right from the beginning to do a show that catered to truckers? No, it was on the Trucking Channel, Phil. I'm sorry if I haven't oh. explained myself very well. It, it was, a, it was a satellite radio trucking channel, and that trucking channel featured uh, talk shows geared to truck drivers. And it Got was, it. it was on all day long, and they could tune in at any time and listen to a show. And I was uh, part of a show that was on at 11 a.m. for three hours. And um, yeah, you know what? I I tuned in once for about 15 minutes, and I didn't I didn't like it only because it was not you. It was not the Chris T that I enjoyed listening to. You had the you had the co-host. Mm-hmm. It didn't mm-hmm. work for me. Sorry to hear that, Phil. Yeah, it's okay. And nothing yeah, I, you. I, you know. I, uh, li- well, maybe you listened when, when I was doing it solo. I don't know. I should have, if I had known, I would have sent you a text. I would have said, "I'm on by myself." Phil, come on back. <laughs> what do you think? I don't know. I would yeah. have shot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know if it would have saved your job, but uh, uh it wasn't. That wasn't going to happen. I mean, with the you know, look, I think the the turn of events that happened in 2016 is about more than me and and my job obviously you know i look around i despair for this nation and i despair for whether or not uh we can ever right this ship you know and i i just think that uh people have to start realizing that we need collective action in this country because we are a nation of rugged individualists and we can't convince anybody that's not really how america was birthed it wasn't john wayne with a pistol with a Colt 45, you know, and that collective action is actually a very American thing and a very American phenomenon. And when you act collectively, you can actually get what you need and what you want. So uh, let's all band together <laughs> and write this ship and do whatever we can to make people's lives better. Whether that means uh, fixing the healthcare system, fixing immigration, fixing all these things that are currently being made much, 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 much worse, you know, and, um, you know, much worse for working people and middle class people, the wealthy who are, again, you know, very much like the GOP, the wealthy who are very often the GOP, uh, solidifying their power through any means necessary, whatever they have to do to make sure that they and their progeny for eons and eons can live in some, you know, uh, without ever suffering the consequences of their actions. Let me put it that way. And uh, it would be nice to see some of them suffer the consequences of their actions instead of always getting away with murder, just about. Uh, And so maybe we should take solace, Phil, in what's happening with Jeffrey Epstein, Stein, however you say it, and what's happening with uh, R. Kelly, and now Acosta has resigned. And I can't wait to see the pictures they're going to find of him. The video they'll find of him. <laughs> as they go through the uh, Epstein 
laptops and whatever the hell else they've pulled out of his. Uh, did you see them crowbar open the door of his 27,000 square foot mansion on 71st Street? Phil? Phil? Damn, I think I lost Phil. <laughs> Phil? Hmm. Yeah, I don't hear him anymore. Oh, well. Oh, you know what I did? Damn, that was me. Sorry, Phil. Trying to reserve power on my laptop. And I turned off the Wi-Fi, not realizing, not realizing that's how I was uh, talking to Phil. So let me let me see if I can call him back real fast. We'll wrap this sucker up, because I want to hear what he did in New Jersey, for God's sakes. Hello, you've reached Philip uh, Travisano. Damn, now it's gone into your voicemail, Phil. Jeez. Phil, if you're still listening to the internet radio, turn down your internet. Remember, turn it back up. Let's see. Hello. Hey, Phil. Sorry. Hey, I lost okay. you. I disconnected the Wi-Fi. I, I forgot that's how I was listening to you. I was trying to reserve power on my laptop because it's not plugged in. And uh, so I thought, okay, let me turn off the Wi-Fi. And then I'm like, oh, God, that's how I was talking to Phil. Look what I did. Anyway, we, we got 10 minutes left. So tell us about you going to New Jersey for this graduation. It was good. It was a little weird. I mean, I, I usually go back at least once a year. But um, lately it's been a little weird because my mom died like seven years ago. One of my best friends died two or three years ago. And so it's just not like a joyous thing to go back. It's not difficult. It's just not like Disneyland. You know what I'm saying? I hear you, Phil. I hear you. New Jersey, not um, like Disneyland. That's the new slogan. <laughs> when, yeah. you know, I mean, there's still great things about it. I, I still have a good number of friends there. I get along with all my family members. We have a good time, you know. But but that's why I don't consider it a vacation. I mean, the, the most recent vacation I had was in Vegas a couple weeks before that. And that's just a really good time. Uh-oh. No, Uh-oh, Phil. No... Vegas, huh? <laughs> What'd you do in Vegas? Yeah. Played a lot of poker. Okay. Went out, went out to a lot of meals with friends. I have, I have two friends who live there, and about three other friends and my brother met us there, and we all just converged on Vegas. We were there for five days, and uh, it's just a good time. You know, go around, you check out the casinos, you gamble a little, you have meals, cause trouble. You know. Yeah. So you and uh, some dudes went around and yeah, well, any ladies? Yes. Okay. Yeah, the, the the two people who live there are a couple. Oh, okay. They're right. they're originally originally from New Jersey, so we've got that background connection. There you go. But, now, where do you find a poker game? Pardon my naivete. Oh. I went to Vegas in uh, like twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen. What yeah. do they got the what, what do they got the poker room somewhere? Or do you have to go ask somebody? Where can I play some poker? You just look for that big sign that says "Poker This Way." Are um, you kidding me? They're really? They're they're in different places. I mean, like, yeah, and some of them move around. You know, they move into different parts of the floor. Wait a minute. I, I mean, saw a sign that said liquor in the front, poker in the rear. Is that the one you're talking <laughs> about? Was it that no, sign? I never saw that one. Never okay. actually saw that one. All right. No, Planet Hollywood, MGM, Aria, they all have good poker rooms. There's I have no idea, poker. man. I was there for a couple of days anyway. Three days, something <laughs> like that. I don't know. Where, where were you? Where were you staying? And where did uh, the Bellagio. With a beautiful room that overlooked a parking lot. And, do you know uh, that the do you know that Bellagio has probably the nicest 
very most active poker room in the world where the highest stakes players play, and they've well, had it for about 15 years or more. Yeah, I didn't know that. I, I mean, if <laughs> I knew that, I'm not sure I would have gone there anyway because I'm not a high stakes poker player. I mean, what, how you know right. what? What's the buy in on a game in that room? Forty bucks. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Forty bucks. They have one uh, two. Games. I guess that's one. pretty reasonable. That's not that bad. Of course it's reasonable. Yeah, okay. They have like one, one two Texas Hold'em. All right, so how are you with this game, by the way? I suck. Uh, I shit. suck. All right. Never mind. You know, I miss, we used to have a regular poker game. I really miss it. Yeah. I miss the regular poker game. And uh, sitting around with five people, four or five people, and uh, having a few drinks and playing some poker. Miss it deeply. Would you would you do that in your house or your basement? Uh, I That's would, yes. If I knew some people who looked like they wanted to play poker, I'd say, "Come on over and play poker." You know, put an ad on put an ad on Craigslist. What are you just nuts? Get a bunch of strangers. Who yeah. goes on Craigslist anymore? Oh my God, Phil! Really, Craigslist? Craigslist is the best. It is. I right. I started a poker when I was in California. I started a poker league and I gathered people from Facebook. I mean, from uh, from uh, Craigslist. Well, what was that? 1994. What year are we talking about, Phil? How long that ago was, was that? That was about eight years ago. Oh, jeez, eight years is, is like forever. It was in, a great uh, cyber well, time. whatever whatever you use. I mean, it's All right. it's possible to find people online. You can start a group. And then yeah. we played in a bar. We found a bar that would let us play in their side room. We had we had for about, money. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yes. They could lose their liquor license. I had them, I, you know, I told them what we were going to do, and they said, for real money? I said, yeah. They said, okay. <laughs> they didn't care. Jeez. But that's California. Oh, okay. California might be a little different. Right. All right, yeah. I see what you're saying. More laid back, that kind of thing. And it's le- and it's legal in a lot of places. There are very few legal poker places in, in New Jersey, so. Uh, this is true. I'm Look, I'm perfectly okay with having it in my house, Phil, because then I don't have to go anywhere. I just got to provide the accommodations, right. that's all, and... Yeah, I just don't you know, know if you'd want to gather strangers to play in there. No, I'm not looking for... St- no, I'm not looking to have strangers come over to play poker. That's not going to happen. They they Sorry. will find their way in. Oh, yeah, no. That's not happening. <laughs> not here. Hey, before we run out of road, what else happened with you yeah. and New Jersey? Anything fun at all or just the Vegas? That's all it was, just Vegas? Vegas was... Was the fun and New trip. Jersey was the obligation? It was, but it was also fun. I mean, I enjoyed seeing everybody. Okay. I really, the, the, the highlight was was hanging out with people that I've known forever. Did you do any standard uh, Jersey stuff, like roll down the windows while listening to Springsteen or bury a body in the Pinelands or anything like that? I can't, I can't tell you about that. All right. We'll never know. But we did go to the shore. You went, to, you went down the shore. You mean? Yeah, down the, we went down. See, say it I've right. been I've been away I've been away too long. I forgot. We went down, yeah, we the, went shore down the shore, and uh, we yeah, had a lovely time. Tell you yeah, what, yeah, my father has a my father has a house there. It's very nice. It's got a pool and everything. It's it's a, you know. Is he there this yards. weekend, Phil? He Do you know? Might be. All right, might be. You, you want to go down? Send me the address. Oh, where is he? I'm gonna guess Manalapin for some reason. Why? Why? Why is that word coming to mind? Manalapin. Seeger. Seeger. You ever yeah. been to the, what's the name, the Parker House in Seagirt? Uh, is that the one with the sign that says liquor in the front, poker in the rear? The Parker House? Good. Good. Might. I didn't get it. I didn't go in there. This time, All right. So. I, uh, I don't know if I've been to Seagirt. If I did, it was by accident. It wasn't yeah. on purpose. So 
Right. But, you know, we are overdue for a, a trip down there, but we're headed the other direction, man. We're going to head up to the Catskills, hang out with some friends, go and eat and drink and see stuff and do stuff and go in a pool and have a nice you time. Have friends, that have, friends have a house there or you go meeting at a resort or something? Oh, we're doing an Airbnb, man. We got oh, it cool. all got it all nailed down. Although it's really it's really not an Airbnb. It's just we're renting a friend's house. That's all. Very good. But it'll be fine, right. Phil. When are you and I ever going to meet in person? That's what I wonder every time we speak. I don't know. My trip mm. to New Jersey is usually short, uh, but I'm here in Portland. Sounds like you might come, but it sounded like you did a, made a different plan for your, your summer trip. Well, Portland may still lie in the future, though. We may okay. go to Portland at some point. Uh, trip yeah. to the West Coast, not out of the question. We've been there many times. So I will let you know, and but thanks, Phil. If you have a 2020 calendar, mark down May as the Vegas trip. You're always welcome there. All right. Yeah. I'll uh, meet you in Vegas. We'll play some cards. How's All that? right. All right. Take care, Phil. Good, man. Thanks for the call. You there too. goes Bye. Phil. Don't have a call here again. There's one minute left in the program. Uh, don't forget this show replays on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. EDT, as they say, Eastern Daylight Time, right here on thehoundnyc.com. And uh, it becomes a podcast as well, available wherever you get podcasts. Look for Aerial View. And uh, next week there will be a replay program. I don't know which one quite yet, but it, it'll be a replay, and I'll be away thankfully. Thanks for listening. I'll turn you over to the Hound in a moment here. I was in Mr. Trump's office when his secretary announced there would be a massive dump, Mr. Trump responded by stating to the effect, wouldn't that be great? This is Jackie Mason reminding you to take your belongings. You don't have to take them, but if you want to, it's up to you. By the way, ask for a receipt. Take it, ask him, don't be ashamed.